Chapter six of the sealed message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Six. The past of Adonis Geary. No, Gerald had not kissed her. He wished to very badly, but something in his heart, a strong sense of honor, maybe, prevented his doing so until he had made his position clear to her. She was so simple, so innocent, so virginal that she knew nothing of passion or of life or of that world wherein women marry and are given in marriage with an almost absurd particularity the young man desired that before being kissed she should learn that he was her true lover that he wished to marry her that he greatly desired to enter into a lifelong companionship with her to act otherwise was to bind her unknowingly to him when she understood what love meant and was ready to accept him as her husband then he could seal this acceptance with a kiss for he knew full well that such a kiss would awaken the woman in her would reveal life to her soul a caress meant so much that it was little wonder he restrained himself from following too hurriedly the desire of his heart and perhaps it was that he found her innocence and friendly acceptance of his presence too delightful to transmute with unconsidered haste friendship into love why spoil this idol of lilies by presenting her with the red ripe roses of love the romance was so charming so dreamlike that the poetic instinct of the poet forbade him to rouse her mavis was indeed the sleeping beauty slumbering within her enchanted palace and he the fated prince as it would seem he was from his finding of the cylinder would in time awaken her with a kiss but the hour had not yet struck when it did many things would come to pass in the first place mavis would no longer be contented to live in the pixie's house ignorant of life she would wish to come out into the world even before the age of twenty-one and would not wait longer for her guardian's permission such a desire would mean a meeting and an explanation with reb and gerald as yet did not see how to bring this about he guessed that when he spoke to the major he would be told of the homicidal mania with which mavis was said to be tainted it would be vain for him to decline to believe in such a taint if reb insisted that it was so he could refuse to allow haskins to marry his ward particularly as she was under age then again if reb guessed that the young man wished to marry the girl he might very easily remove her secretly to a new hiding-place and gerald would lose her for ever hasty action was not to be thought of and it would be best to wait until he could learn why reb secluded the girl in that ruinous house haskins duly returned to the devon maid and found geary as cheerful and obsequious as usual but now that gerald was enlightened as to the connection of the negro with the pixie's house he found it difficult to tolerate these false smiles piercing the mask of geary's good humour he saw in him a dangerous man gripping a yellow-handled knife which he was ready to use should it be necessary haskins no longer wondered at the negro's presence amongst these lonely hills he knew that he had not drifted there but had been made landlord of the inn to act as a dragon and a very dangerous dragon he might prove to be should he gain wind of gerald's philanderings with mavis geary however showed no signs that he suspected anything but waited as usual on his guest while at dinner gerald seized the opportunity to tell his landlord that he contemplated stopping at silbury on the ensuing night i have to run up to london on the day after to-morrow said haskins with feigned carelessness and if i sleep at silbury i can catch the eight o'clock train i could drive you there sir for dat train said geary beaming and evidently pleased at haskins announcement no my good fellow that would mean my getting up at five in the morning 
i prefer to sleep at silbury at the prince's head hotel will you come back here sir oh yes in two or three days but only for a time geary i have to go on to st ives you know i shall be sorry to lose you sir thank you i shall be sorry to go this inn is comfortable and the country all around is picturesque i have left my canoe down on the river and when i return i shall send it back to exeter i am tired of exploring that river it is so lonely very lonely sir assented geary promptly and went towards the door with the tray in his hands there he stopped will you want me dis evening sir i go to see a friend in de lod at leegarth who wish to see me for de good ob his bressed soul no i won't want you rejoined haskins secretly disgusted at the fellow for using the cloak of religion to mask his pixie's house visit i shall go to bed early thank you sir and geary departed later while jared at the window sipped his coffee he saw the big negro walking up the hill which led on to the moors for the moment it flashed across the young man that geary might go to mother carey's peace pool by taking the down path and there might discover the canoe but on second thoughts he dismissed his reflection geary being quite ignorant of haskins knowledge had no reason to seek the pool and so the canoe would be left undisturbed in the undergrowth haskins had really intended to retire early but unable to rest quietly he strolled out of the inn and on to the bridge no one lingered there now as the early birds of den lee had gone to roost he had the rialto of the village all to himself as he thought until he became aware that mrs geary with a blue shawl over her head was leaning against the parapet wondering if he could learn anything about adonis from his usually silent wife gerald moved alongside a penny for your thoughts mrs geary he said cheerfully mrs geary turned and in the moonlight he saw that she was crying my thoughts have to do with funerals sir she said in a heavy voice but with a much less use of the devonshire dialect than he would have expected from a barnstaple woman with funerals i was thinking said mrs geary looking at the water flowing under the bridge if it wouldn't be best for me to throw myself into yon stream why on earth should you do that asked haskins blankly and it was then that he became conscious that she had been drinking for she swayed against the stonework perhaps it was the drink which made her talk more than usual added to the absence of her husband but she certainly spoke very freely and told him much that he wished to know why should i wish to do that sir she repeated scornfully because i am the most miserable woman on god's green earth oh surely not mrs geary you have a good home healthy children and a capital husband again she laughed scornfully a capital husband when it suits him oh you don't know what geary is mr haskins his soul is as black as his face and that is saying a lot i wondered why you married a negro commented haskins leaning over the bridge and leading her to confide in him i married him because i was a greedy fool sir i was a housemaid or at least a general servant and a bellaria at the pixie's house gerald caught his breath that is where the mad girl lives according to your husband mad she's less mad than i am sir a poor pretty sweet young lady who is kept a fast prisoner by major rebb why is she kept prisoner i can't tell you that sir all i know is that sixteen long years ago i was a servant there and miss mavis liked me 
i got on well with valeria too although she had her fits of terror at times why i can't say but she often seemed to be scared by her very shadow major rebb was away then with his regiment in jamaica oh and miss mavis lived at the pixie's house she was and is kept a prisoner there said mrs geary whose tongue seemed to be very loose with the drink else she would scarcely have talked so boldly major rebb came home with geary who had been his servant in jamaica geary stopped at the pixie's house while his master went to london he fell in love with me and quarrelled with valeria they were like cat and dog so when major rebb came down he said that if i would marry geary he would keep my old mother out of the poorhouse i didn't dislike geary then and i wanted my mother to be comfortable for the rest of her life i agreed and married geary major rebb settled us in the devon maid fifteen years ago and since then my life has been a hell with that villain geary will kill me some day added the woman in a matter-of-fact tone unless i kill myself first but a big woman like you can manage him not when he threatens with that yellow-handed knife he holds sir i fear that knife geary says that it was used in some african sacrifice in jamaica and the sight of it makes me sick because of geary's treatment i took to drink and he's always threatening to kill me unless i leave it off how can i cried mrs geary throwing open her arms when it is the only thing that makes me able to stand the brute does he strike you he beats me and kicks me and threatens me with the knife don't tell him that i said so sir cried mrs geary with sudden terror for the drink was dying out of her if you do he'll kill me i am afraid of death she added looking into the silver water if i were not i would end everything in yonder stream i won't say a word mrs geary said haskins soothingly your husband will never hear anything from me why does he live here to watch the pixie's house said mrs geary to see that miss mavis don't get away if she did and learned what she should learn the major wouldn't be able to dash about in motor-cars is it money asked gerald eagerly mrs geary drew her shawl tightly round her massive form i don't know rightly what it is she said in her heavy voice geary says very little but what he does say shows that major rebb will never let miss mavis leave that house and she's not mad poor lamb she's a poor innocent angel the sport of villains i'll go now mr haskins and mind i have your word to say nothing you have said gerald as she turned away but if you want to help miss mavis only one man can help her interrupted the woman gruffly and he must be her lover who will stand against these devils on her behalf but she never sees a man since mr arnold went away unless old matthew counts so what chance has she there she ended abruptly i have told you more than i ought to the drink the drink geary would kill me if he knew curse geary and curse the drink and she returned slowly to the inn striking her forehead and repeating the drink the drink the drink haskins remained on the bridge for a few minutes and then retired to bed not to sleep but to think deeply he had enough to occupy his thoughts throughout that long summer night mrs geary as the saying goes had given the show away from the remark about the motor-car gerald felt certain that mrs geary had meant a loss of money 
apparently if mavis escaped from the pixies house reb would lose an income which rightfully belonged to the girl but of this the young man could not be sure and until he had more information he could do nothing still his suspicions had certainly proved to be correct the negro was reb's creature and had been posted in denley village to guard the pixies house and its occupants haskins felt that he was on the track of the mystery but could not follow it up until he talked it over with another person two heads were better than one in this instance and todd macandrew was very shrewd therefore haskins fell asleep with a resolution to explain matters to the lawyer when he went to london meanwhile he had to meet mavis in the moonlight on the ensuing night and that thought alone was sufficient to fill his mind to the exclusion of less romantic matters next morning geary was as suave and obedient as usual evidently he had neither found nor had he heard anything to awaken his suspicion while visiting the pixies house haskins watched him closely and weighed every look every inflection of the voice but in every case he was satisfied that the negro had not the slightest idea that his guest had stormed the enchanted castle when the time came for haskins to drive to silbury the negro himself appeared on the box of the trap hello said gerald climbing in and seeing that his portmanteau was all right this is an honour geary oh no sir said the negro showing his splendid teeth you very good person sir to have at the devon maid i wish you to come here again and and tell other gemplum of this place i'll tell every one said gerald when the trap started and i'll be back soon to stay with me sir for a few days i must then get on to st ives as a friend is awaiting me there what i miss about denley geary added the young man in a careless tone is that there are no pretty girls no sir no you have to see jamaica for de pretty girls sir you come from jamaica then yes sir me buckra nigger sir and servant to major reb him was in command of a fine black ridgment sir geary was communicative indeed and simply told what gerald had gathered from the wife however to shield her he expressed suitable surprise i wonder you don't go back to jamaica geary after the tropics this place must be chilly and extremely dull in winter yes sir it very dull replied the negro unsuspiciously but i ab de inn and de wife and de family so i getting on very well but some day i go back to port royal to lib wid money and am i a grand gemlum in this way adonis chattered all the long way to silbury and told haskins quite a lot about his life with major reb the negro appeared to be quite devoted to his old master alleging that reb had saved his life when it was in danger from what asked gerald idly voodoo said geary scowling i lose one eye in voodoo and after this remark he became silent haskins had heard of voodoo of the terrible african witchcraft and having an initiate in his company would have liked from literary curiosity to learn more but by this time the trap was entering silbury and descending the steep high street so geary refused to say anything more the loss of his eye was evidently a sore subject with him and small wonder that he loved reb if the sight of the other eye had been saved by that military gentleman when geary drove away leaving haskins at the prince's head that individual thought deeply End of chapter six